Doug Stringer. He's the founder and president of Turning Point Ministries International and Somebody Cares America and International. And he says, reading through the pages of this book, I was riveted by the stories. I was choked up at times, and other times I was chuckling and smiling. I've had the privilege of knowing Easy and Lena since late 1981. And so um, one of Doug's things that he says, I'm not going to read the whole forward. He says, relationships define and influence our destinies. God has said a couple of times, it matters who you hang out with, Phil. It matters who you're around. Some things you need to get away from. And I just am grateful today for the men of God and the women of God in this house that I get to hang around. People like Easy, people like John, people like the preaching team. Half the preaching team is gone this morning. People like Alan, people like Julie, people that like Janine, people that are like, like Phil and Nadine, people that are willing to just do whatever God says. So Doug, I'm just gonna hand this over to you. Just share with us this morning. We just thank God for, for all that God is doing in this hour. Wow. Well, I didn't expect uh, to come up to share. We just felt for quite some time, Lisa and I have been talking about, since we couldn't get you guys on the Zoom call to do the uh, podcast with me, that we'd, we want to just come see you. And so I've driven by here a few times, went in the parking lot and prayed uh, on my way back from different places. And um, so you're always on our minds and our hearts. And so I texted you yesterday. We had already planned on coming. I just didn't want you to know. And... Uh, because I knew it would happen. Is that if, in fact, I said, let's try to hide in the back because if they see me, they're going to ask me to come share. And I just want to come hear them preach. And Lena's a preaching machine too, right? So, I mean, I've been taught so much by both of you all of these years. And so we want to just honor you and be here. And so Lisa and I yesterday were talking. And I said, I had this strange inclination. I just need to, you know, we've been planning for quite some time. If we had a Sunday open, we want to just come and surprise you guys just to come to be blessed and to, to just to love on you guys and show our honor and appreciation. And so I was sharing that again with her the other day. I said, you know, this Sunday's open. She goes, Doug, you're not going to believe this. She said, I was thinking the same thing. So as a confirmation, we needed to make sure in the midst of everything that since we weren't preaching anywhere, we wanted to come here and just to get to hug on your neck and see everybody and say we appreciate you and love you. Listening to some of the things that were shared even early on about uh, the gifts of God's inheritance. Uh, I love Colossians 1.12 that says we give thanks to the Father who qualifies us to receive the inheritance. So we've already been qualified, right? And then, of course, Julia, you appreciate this, of course. Loved your dad. And um, uh, years ago, the Lord began to put it on my heart that we don't live in raising altars to the past, but we do have landmarks to look at to know where God has us today and where we're going. And even some of the Jewish uh, traditions and, and calendars and so on. And as I was listening today, just sensing that there is something God's doing here, and it really coincides with the beginning of Rosh Hashanah and the first day of Tishri, which is uh, sundown uh, September 15th this year in the year 5784. Today at sundown is Yom Kippur, the holiest day in the Jewish calendar. And, uh, and also in the month of Tishri, which is the... Tishri was the first, well, Rosh Hashanah and uh, Tishri is the first day of the civil year in the Jewish calendar, but the first day of the seventh month in the ecclesiastical calendar. That's why it's two different months, but yet it's the same new year, new beginning, new era. And I felt like there's something significant listening here, and even when we first came into worship, sensing that God was saying, I've given glory moments to this church. 
and to Jesus' generation and to, and to Epicenter. I've given glory moments, but the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the former. And then also, if you look at the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, uh, the beginning of the first day of Tishri, uh, which was sundown last Friday or two Fridays ago now, uh, the beginning of the 10 days of awe, the Feast of Trumpets, and of course, sundown tonight, Yom Kippur, the holiest of days, that um, reminded that Rosh Hashanah means, in some ways, in summary, that it is written. God has already spoken. It is already written, either through His Word, character, nature, and spirit, what He's saying here in this house. It's already written. And then today, uh, Yom Kippur, the beginning of Yom Kippur tonight, means it's sealed. So what's been written is sealed. And so there's a larger context, but I believe in the context of this congregation, the connections and relationships that are far beyond what we see here right now, there's connections that go deep and wide. And you would know this easy about, you know, fracking and so on. It seems like there's so many nations that have benefited by fracking the well in this house, but they become the beneficiaries. But God is saying, I also want to take care of the house. So the glory of the house will be greater than the former. Many who have been beneficiaries will remember that where you show honor, then you accelerate your blessing. And where you show dishonor, then you inhibit your blessing or your future. So I believe God is going to reconnect a lot of relationships, that there's going to be an exponential synergy that will take place. And so the first day of Tishri, the sundown last Friday, two Fridays ago, uh, re representing the, it is written, Sundown tonight, it is sealed. But it was also in the month of Tishri that if you look at uh, Jer uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, starting in verse 1 and 2, it says on the first day of the seventh month, that was the ecclesiastical month, but that's also the first day of Rosh Hashanah. It said on the first day of Tishri, it says in, in Nehemiah that, that Nehemiah had Ezra stand up before the people and declared the word. The more he began to read the word, people began to realize how disconnected or untethered they had become. And it broke their hearts. But as the word was being declared, there was a restoration taking place. The word has been written. The word has been written. It's already going forth. As we declare his word and walk in the word that God has already promised because it is sealed, then we know that we're going to walk in the fullness of God's blessings and God's promises. But we can't look at what we're going through. We look at where we're going. What did God promise? So sometimes to get to the promise, we have to go through a process. It's not always easy because we can begin to look at the past and look in the rearview mirror rather than looking at where we're going. So we need to look at where we're going. What has God said? What has God sealed? What has God done and doing? Because we look at landmarks, but we don't make altars to them. We recognize what God has been faithful to in the past so we know where we're going. It was also then in Haggai was the month of Tishri, when Haggai was, spoke, was told by God to speak to Zerubbabel, governmental authorities, to speak to Joshua, the priesthood, world royal priesthood, and to all the people. It was the 21st day of the month of Tishri, which would be the 21st day after September 15th, sundown, September, 25th, uh, September 15th, that he says, because I want you to do something. Here's how you remember what's written and what's been sealed. Here's what you'll remember. He says, speak to them, to Zerubbabel, to the priesthood, to Joshua, and all the people, and say this, be strong and keep working. Don't be afraid, for my spirit is with you and remains in you. So why would he say that? He says that right away. He says, be strong. 
Declare in the word, declare the word that I have spoken and say this to all the seen and unseen realms. Declare this, be strong, keep on working. Don't be afraid, do not fear, for my spirit is with you and in you. Because I'm about to shake heaven and earth, sea and dry land. So he's saying, look, if you hold on to what I've already written and sealed and promised, you hold on to that, be strong and just keep working. Don't, don't let circumstance keep you from where you're going. Keep doing what I said to do because it doesn't matter what the circumstance looks like because God is bigger than the circumstance. So then he says, then when you see all these shakings, Hebrews 12, all these shakings will be happening. I had a, a, a reoccurring dream that became so real in the end of, of last year, and I kept hearing three words, and I've unpacked it in the last few months. But one of the first words was, God was about to bring exposure. Exposing what is done in darkness and spotlighting what God is doing. And secondly, through those things, He was going to bring implosions. Implosions of systems and programs and things that we put our faith in when we should have kept it on the Lord. And after the implosions, there would be the dunamis explosion of God's presence. Over 80 times the word suddenly is written in Scripture, but it's not suddenly to God, it's suddenly to us. It wasn't a suddenly to Him. So if you look at Acts chapter 2, it's a suddenly to us, but God had already put it all together. Now think about how prophetic this is, what God's done through this ministry over the last 40 years. Think about what God has done. It's, it's not what you see today only. It's all the deep and hidden places that God has been still using those tentacles. In fact, I love this story about the redwood trees, that they're some of the tallest trees in the world. But if you begin to cut them down, others will fall down. It's because the rooting system is very shallow, but they're very connected. And so when one falls, they all fall. So the idea is to stay rooted because you're you will flourish where you're planted. So there is a, a large network of connection that God has been doing these last four decades here. So I believe that God is saying that He wants to bring a dunamis moment because Acts 2 was a suddenly but not to God. It was a sign to us. It was a requirement that all the known nations of the world had to be in Jerusalem on one of those days, on that day on Pentecost. So it just so happened on that day when God had already orchestrated everybody to be there that he showed up. So it was a suddenly to the people in the upper room and to those who responded within 24 hours, but it, God had already set it all up. It was a synchronicity of God that what seemed to be unrelated was already related. Every one of you have been connected in ways you don't even realize and connected to people outside of what we see this morning that are connected in ways we don't even realize. And when God breathes on it, that dunamis moment, there will be a suddenly to us, but not to God, because He already put it together, in a city that has the, is the most diverse, most languages spoken than any other city in America, the most international city in America. So when God's dunamis shows up and there's an explosion of His presence here, guess what? Right from this place the nations will be impacted. You're already impacting nations. But think about what God's about to do when that moment happens, that dunamis explosive moment. But for that to happen, we have to understand that God's going to expose things in darkness in our own personal lives. He's going to spotlight those that maybe have felt hidden, but God says, look, you might want to hide, but I'm going to spotlight you because this is your moment to step in, to level up. This is that moment. 
I love what D.L. Moody said. He said, there are no limitations to those who've been in the presence of the Lord. And so it's a time where God is about to say, when we spotlight that and we begin to see the implosions of systems and, and institutions that we put our hope in and start putting our hope on God, Christ Jesus in us, we're going to see the dunamis explosive manifestation of his presence. We've been praying it, but this is the time. This is the what if that this year, 5784, that we would hold on to the promise that it is written, it's been sealed, keep working, be strong, don't be afraid, keep working because the Spirit's with you, that God says when all this stuff swirls around, that I'm going to pour out my Spirit in a way that you never even expected. You knew and hoped for, you read about in the past, but this is unlike what we've ever seen before. And you've seen some incredible moves of God, haven't you, Alan? You've seen some incredible moves of God. God has used both of you from living rooms to conferences to full gospel businessmen to women's aglow to the generation, Jesus, to all these different things that you've been a part of, and you have actually sparked. There has been a rippling effect that has not stopped. It continues. I'm one of them. Those times that I wanted to quit, I'd be sitting in your office or I'd be sitting at your house I don't know, I'm, I'm, I want to quit. And you just nudged me that holy poking. I kept nudging me, son. And you kept on encouraging me. And the reason I'm now being asked to be on boards of Promise Keepers and on the board of Christian Men's Network is because one day you called and you said, Easy, I need you to go to a meeting with Dr. Cole. We're going to be talking about the National Christian Men's Event. And we're going to do it in Houston. The largest gathering during peacetime since World War II will be here in Houston at U of H. And I said, no, I, I was one of those, feel, I didn't feel qualified. I would just had a bunch of homeless people and, and street kids living in my apartment. And then I had 17 in one apartment. And then when you gave me a, that townhouse over here in the developing area of Stafford on Sugar Grove Boulevard, you walked over and said, what are you doing? I had six more people living there. <laughs> then Easy uh, gave me a house out in Bear Creek, Katy area. And I didn't know about deed restrictions. So I put 12 more people there. <laughs> Until the housing association and the, and the police calls, says, you can't do that. Besides, one of your kids is on the roof saying, the aliens are coming, the aliens are coming. <laughs> so I gave that house away to a youth pastor. You tried to give me a car, and before I even got the car, I gave it to someone else. And relationships define our destinies. And the degree of influence we have is determined on the level of those relationships, first with God, then with one another. A part of who I am and the things I have the pleasure and the privilege of doing in the kingdom of God is because of friends like Easy and Lena and because of those who've stayed together and who've continued to pray through. The fact that I'm even standing here after stage four cancer just a few years ago. And, you know, everybody's story is different, but I'm here. So I have a re responsibility to keep preaching the gospel every day. If I have one day or 100 more years. The reason I've been invited to speak to rabbis bishops, pastors, and leaders from 12 former USSR nations in Kiev, Ukraine, coming up in a few weeks, is, is because they need encouragement in the time of war. And they've asked me to go, and at first you're going, well, they're in the middle of a war in Kiev, and I have to take a plane to Warsaw and catch a train over the border, and then a 12-hour train from there, and that's even dangerous because they're trying to blow up the, the railroad tracks and take me to Kiev to speak for a few days to all these leaders. I'm thinking, I'm not sure. That's something you said, John. You know, and that's how my life has been. We are available every day, walk in simple obedience, which is the highest form of worship. Because the word 
the first time the word worship is ever mentioned in Scripture is not in the context of singing or instruments. It's in the context of obedience to God as living worshipers. So how can I not say yes to these who have given their lives to serve and bishops and rabbis and pastors and leaders of these nations? So why am I going to say no? So I submitted to my wife. She goes, yeah, but I got to go with you. I go, no, you're not. You're just in the middle of a war. I'm going to go with you. How do you say no to her, right? Happy wife, happy life. So Lisa's going with me. But all that easy and lean is because of faithfulness, of your commitment of faithfulness and your consistency all these years. I'm just one of many. Think of all your spiritual kids and children, grandkids and great-grandkids now in the Lord. Think of all those that have been impacting the nations in marketplace, in politics, in sports, and in uh, ministry, all of them impacting nations because you said yes, and you did say, with all the successes you've had, take that step of faith, not knowing exactly what the future looked like, but like Abraham, you knew you had to take a step, not knowing exactly where you were going. And it's not always been easy. There's been crucibles of experience. It's not always been easy, easy. There's been crucibles of experience, but the reality is God has been faithful, and God has seen your faithfulness. So, Lisa, would you come? And I, I want us to pray over them right here, like we do. And they've been praying because I didn't get married till I was 52, and they were praying, God, do something. I was waiting for that righteous fox, and finally. Father, I thank you for this couple. I thank you, Father, for the privilege of your calling, the joy of your salvation. I thank you because of their commitment and faithfulness all these years that many of us have become the beneficiaries. God, that we realize that what we are a part of in the kingdom is largely due because of friends like them and spiritual parents like them who have invested, believed, provoked, encouraged, challenged, corrected us along the way. I thank you, Lord, for all those times I spent in their living room in my early days in my 20s. Those times that easy would encourage me to be a part of the Christian Men's Network and turned out to be the most incredible outpouring before Promise Keepers ever happened. I thank you, Lord, that all the times that I wanted to quit just like the book says, never quit, that he lived out that message in encouraging men like me and so many others not to quit, but to walk in our calling. I still remember that day when Papa Ward was speaking at Love You Houston, and Easy had me there, and he wanted me to share before Papa Ward. And after I shared, Lord, I remember Papa Ward walking up and prophesying over me, and then Easy has never let me forget this. When Papa Ward said, young man, you'll never amount to anything if you ever try to leave this calling that God's put on your life. And so many times, Lord, I've remembered that moment when I wanted to just quit. I just got tired. And Lord, you've kept me in that place of, authentic, of contending for the authentic and desiring to know more of you, even in my own human frailties. I thank you, Lord, for moments and times and Easy and Lena, who have given definition to who I am and to the calling you've put on my life. And we could all say yes and amen to that. Lord, would you give them a fresh anointing? I really sense the glory of the latter house 
shall be far greater than the former. Bring all the reminders of those glory moments and those moments, Lord God, those landmarks along the way, and bring them to this, this moment right here, that they would feel encouraged and know that you're about to do something far beyond what they could have ever imagined. And God, even as the dream you gave me last night, a dream within a dream, and I'm sharing it for the first time besides my wife right now. Last night, throughout the night, the dream within a dream, and I sense it's this. When you said that I was to bless and to declare that the truckload of eggs are coming because the eggs represent prosperity and the hatching of destiny. I pray, Lord God, even as that word was given in a dream within a dream, I pray right now, Lord, that that would be true here, that you're about to hatch vision, that you're about to hatch things that have been put on the shelf, that you're about to hatch fresh anointings, relationships, friendships. God, that you're about to pour out your presence in a way that's that's dunamis, exponential outpouring of your presence of all the promises you've given because it is written, it is sealed, yes. and we will be strong and keep working because we don't have to be afraid yes. because when everything is shaken, we know that the glory of the latter house Ooh. shall be greater than the former. Yes. In Jesus' name, Ooh. amen. have a lot of people who missed a really special day and Doug intentionally makes it a point to honor those that have deposited into his life and so for all you young people don't miss that lesson he walked into one of our leadership meetings 25 30 years ago and had a prophetic word, just sat there quietly and had a prophetic word that changed the direction for some people in a major way. And what he started with and what he just ended with prayer is a strong prophetic word. He may not shout it, but it comes from a deep place. And we've gotten that word before, but you know, you get it a long time ago and it's not right at hand. And so you, you just start to say, well, that sounded nice, but it was exactly the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. And that what is yet to come, the second G generation Jesus will be greater than the former. And, 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 and so the revival that is coming is coming. And though it tarry, wait for it. But wait with expectancy. Lisa, Lisa, I loved it when Doug found Lisa. And um, she's just so darling. And I really felt at this little get-together we had for Lisa that his ministry was going to go exponential after she came along, and it did. And, um, <laughs> and she and I have had the privilege of ministering together, and she's a minister in her own right, and they're just a dynamic couple. I just they, They're around the world, but they're quiet about it. See, you he's going to Ukraine to minister to the bishops and the Like, come on, people. Like, who does this? Okay, he is in, like, I can't, how many miles do you have? Five million? <laughs> like, there are levels in the airlines that he's exceeded, okay, because of all his travels. And he works tirelessly for the, the kingdom of God and, and just goes wherever God sends him. But he is sought after in many places. I'm going to end with this. Thank you, Doug and Lisa. That was probably one of the most beautiful prayers that anyone has ever prayed for us in our life. And um, at the end of Easy's book, he says... Um, have you decided that you won't quit? 
you won't give up, and you decided that you won't let the devil take you out prematurely. He goes, I'm sure not finished yet. He wrote this two years ago. I have years to go, and I know the best is yet to come. At sort of a dark time a few months ago when another whole kind of cancer hit him, but we're past that and it's behind us, Julia hadn't been reading the book, but she had the word one night, the best is yet to come, and we looked at her like, you, look, you sound crazy, Julia. But, you know, if God says it, we've got to believe it. And Doug just said it again. And so Easy said, I have years to go, and I know the best is yet to come. I'm 88 years old. Well, he's 90 now. I'm sure not finished, and I'm here to tell you, neither are you. Neither are you. So, Father, I just thank God. I thank you, God, for every person under the sound of my voice. I thank you for Doug and Lisa in their travels, God, and the amazing place you, you send them as emissaries and ambassadors of the gospel. Ooh, and Father, with the humility that he comes in with, he is able to bring a message, God, that other people could not bring. And I thank you for that anointing, God, that anointing that he can come in and come under and go around and go in. And so, Father, I just thank you for protection over them, for their, for their health and for their strength. And I just thank you, Lord, for the two of them, God, that they're a powerhouse for you. So, Father, I just thank you for the anointing that even is in this house because of the presence of people like this. But Father, I thank you for every one of us. There's anointing on every one of us. I thank you to draw out of us and strengthen us, God, and do everything you want because we just want to be like you. And so, Father, we just receive all that you've said. We believe all that you've said. We thank you that it is not only written, it is sealed. We thank you for that word. And Father, we just thank you that according to your word, be it done unto every single one of us. And if you believe that, shout amen. Amen. <laughs>